you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m., at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Right about 10 years ago, I moved to Kentucky to go to, to Asbury Seminary, uh, this place that uh, so many influential people in my life had come through. Uh, when, I, when I found a spiritual leader in my life and, and they made a huge impact, inevitably they went to Asbury. So I, I, as I discerned my call, I signed up uh, or sent an application. I made my deposit and had never seen the place, but uh, ended up coming... Uh, with, with very little fear because my best friend came before me. You see, most people come to seminary and they leave behind everything, right? They, uh, they drive from Texas uh, leaving grown kids uh, to fend for themselves. They uh, come to seminary with nobody or nothing and they pack into a 10-foot dorm room. Uh, but I had my best friend. Um, uh, he came ahead and, and, and I knew that it would be safe and that it would be good and that even if things were hard, I had him. Uh, Cameron Bibb, who is now our downtown family pastor, uh, has been a dear friend for uh, 20 years. I, I knew him before he knew his wife. He knew me before I knew my wife. We were in each other's weddings. We were uh, some of the first to hold each other's children. Uh, we, are, we are deeply close. And that, that's born out of a common ministry we had back home. 571 miles uh, according to Google Maps, from here to our home church. Uh, it says you can make it in eight and a half hours, but if you've ever traveled with kids, it's like 12 hours. Uh, but 571 miles to the place that formed our friendship into something that has endured for 20 years. A, a, a time in both of our lives where we were coming out of chaos. Uh, Cameron unsure of what uh, kind of direction he was heading. Me coming out of dropping out of college, out of uh, a job that I hated, out of uh, a, really a a deconstruction of my faith. We, we found each other and really found God in youth ministry at Jarvis Memorial United Methodist Church. And we found it because of uh, this new youth leader named Chad. Not me, Chad Oyer. Uh, this uh, mid-30s guy from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. A, a Nazarite, a Nazarene, not a Nazarite, that's a different thing. Uh, he's a Nazarene. Uh, came down, interviewed, and uh, was hired as the youth pastor. And, and really invested primarily in his leaders so that we could invest in the youth. Uh, at that point, I'm, I'm working uh, 40 hours a week. I'm going to school full-time and then found so much joy that we, we spent about 30 hours a week just doing ministry together, planning and preparing and uh, executing. And the three of us, I am convinced you cannot be closer than the three of us were. My, my wife has best friends who uh, are, are deep and, and, and her best friend Carol, she'll she'll say is uh, as close as you can get, but I'm not sure you can be any closer than the three of us were. We were sacrilegious enough to call ourselves the Trinity. We, we delighted in one another and delighted in doing God's ministry. Uh, Oyer uh, was a great leader, a great friend, a great mentor, uh, held uh, a good tension of allowing people to be who they are and yet not letting us uh, stay how we were. He uh, built upon our gifts and helped us grow out of our strengths. He, uh, 
he loved us and yet was firm. And, and, and we envisioned doing ministry together for a long time. Um, we had dreams and aspirations, visions of what the youth ministry could look like 10 years down the road. What, what might it look like when these kids uh, who are now sixth graders you know, are seniors in high school and going off into ministry? And we just kept running and running and running. I learned uh, to love coffee with this group because that's the kind of pace we kept. Um, and then it changed. Uh, seemingly uh, out of nowhere, uh, one night after youth group, Oyer called me and me and Cameron and said, I need to tell you off something. Um, I've accepted a job at Birmingham First United Methodist Church in Birmingham, Michigan, uh, and will uh, be leaving in about six weeks. Cameron broke down crying immediately, and I thought, why is Cameron crying so hard? This, this happens. This is not a big deal, right? Uh, and, and he sobs, and I, I hang around afterwards, and he's, he's like the night watchman at the church. We watched Night at the Museum yesterday, so night watchman's giving me a different thing, but he was the night watchman at the church, and we, we're just sitting there talking, and he's, he's crying, and I'm like, I mean, it, it, it's sad, but it'll be okay. And eventually, we, we leave, and I get in my car, and I'm driving to this little house I rent with some college friends. Uh, over across town, and then I find myself weeping at a traffic light. And, and before I can help myself, I have changed directions and have driven home to my family's house. I turn off the alarm system, even though it's going off because I'm now breaking into their home. I wake my mother up and I sob in her living room. I can't believe he's leaving. My, my heart was as broken in that moment as, as, as in any death I'd experienced in my life. What about our dreams? What about our hopes? Fourteen years out from that day, I can look back and see that things are okay, but in that moment, it seemed like my entire world was falling apart. Every uh, relational bond, every sense of understanding of who or how I related to God uh, were crumbling. And then he left, and, and it was bad, and it was hard, and it was not good, and and it made me, I think, understand Peter in today's text. This, this text that sits right in the kind of the dividing line of Mark's gospel, they, they have done around three years probably of good ministry. Peter is as close to Jesus as someone gets to Jesus. They are, they are beloved of one another. He's part of the inner circle, the, the Peter, James, and John, the, the ones whom Jesus loved deeply. They're, they're going around the ancient Near East healing and casting out demons and, and naming how good God is. They're, they're delighting in one another. They, they can't imagine anything better. There's hard moments. There's hard moments and everything, right? We'll, we'll, we'll forget those people who just keep trying to, to come after him. We'll forget the, like, the people who are critical because you can do that when things are this good. Right, right before our passage, uh, we have this major shift where Jesus says, hey guys, who does the world say I am? And they say, uh, you know, Elijah, some say Moses, some say a prophet. And he says, who do you say I am? And Peter says, 
you are the Messiah of Israel's hope. You are the Son of God. Jesus says, don't tell anybody. This, this is a mountaintop moment, literally and figuratively. This is the height, the height of how good things are. Ministry has been thriving for them. They're, they've been developing a following. They seem to have worked out the kinks and how they do things. And now they have a sureness that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah of Israel's hope, that things will be right. And, 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 and they're going to draw upon the depths of what they know that to be. They're going to imagine him ascending to the throne. And these promises that we read about in the Abraham text coming true, that once again, they would be a sovereign nation and God would be their sovereign. That, that they would be a people as numerous as the stars and the sky and the sand on the sea. That all this good would come true. And then Jesus says, now let me tell you, the Son of Man must go suffer and die. He must be rejected and he must leave you. And Peter tries to fix it. I, I assume he's an Enneagram 8 or an ISTJ on the Myers-Briggs or a beaver on the zoo inventory because he wants to fix it. No, Jesus, this can't be right. Let's figure out a solution. What can we do? Uh, so, uh, They've got wealthy benefactors. Let's hire a militia. What, what ways could we protect you? How can we do this? Because this, this can't be right. How can this end? We've, we've got three years, and, and look how good it is. The night he told us he was leaving, Oyer was very gentle with us. Uh, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. This... This moment where cosmic and human come into play, where the tempter is working in and through Peter one more time to offer Jesus a way out. Maybe, okay, you didn't, you didn't fight for the bread or the power in the wilderness when I tempted you the first time, but, but how about now? What if there was a way that this could happen that you don't have to die? And instead of, of even pursuing that, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. And it, it's this weird, thin space where the evil one is at work, but yet it's also just... Peter, who loves Jesus, this one who the other Gospels talk about being the rock upon whom the church will be built. He's grieving. He's confused, and he's going to rush to a solution. And Jesus says, stop. Actually, what I have to tell you is that not only am I going to this, but but I'm calling you to the same. Take up a cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Uh, the one who wants to be first can be last, but, but the one who wants to enter my kingdom and, and be known by me is going to be the one who suffers likewise. I told the Sunday school class this morning, I got a fairly short sermon. Take up our cross and follow Jesus. It's the whole ball of wax. It's what he called the disciples to and he calls the church to. But the problem is taking up your cross is literally embracing the execution weapon of the empire. It's giving up your own self for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. It's uh, Peter going and being crucified upside down. It's Thomas going and being uh, crucified in India. It's, it's all of the apostles dying a martyr's death. It's Perpetua and Felicitas going before the, the gladiators and facing the sword rather than denying the Christ. It's it's the church saying, 
We don't care what it cost us. This watered-down civil religion where, uh, where political party is the aim is, is wrong. It's us declaring that uh, some of the things the world says is okay are not. It's us uh, giving up our human rights for our rights as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. It's us facing ridicule and rejection in the face of those who live in our neighborhood or work in our offices or, or who's, uh, who coach our kids' sports teams. Taking up our cross is taking up the means that might actually kill us to go and follow Jesus. It's not something you stamp on a t-shirt or a coffee cup. It's a life that is hard. We know the end of the story that the Son of Man did have to go and to die and to suffer in order that things could be set right, that uh, the king they envisioned never could have made things better, but uh, in the fullness of Christ's death and resurrection and ascension, he does inaugurate this new kingdom and calls us to follow him. For it's going to be hard, it's going to be uncomfortable, things are not going to look the way uh, they thought or we thought, but it will ultimately be good. Back that night that Oyer told us he was leaving Jarvis, I couldn't imagine it ever being good. Uh, we literally spent those last six, six weeks talking about how we, we can't imagine ever being part of a team that was that good. It was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Turned out not to be true. Friends, the team we have at First Church is uh, an incredible team that had Oyer stayed, I would not be part of. Had Jeremiah not gotten in the car and driven across the country, we'd not be part of. That uh, Sarah and Michael going, maybe we're not going back to Tennessee. Janelle's just been here and faithful through it all. Friends, this team is, is incredible. And had I put up barriers and said, this can't be the way. I never would experience this. And I'd never experience you. God is doing miraculous and marvelous things in the people of Andover. Largely through so many of us taking up our crosses and following, of seeking his face day after day, of pursuing whatever it means to be authentic. This morning in Sunday school we talked about embracing the, the one Lord, one God, one faith, one baptism of Ephesians and, and naming that if that becomes the center of our existence, that, that, that the world will be transformed. I understand Peter and yet I also understand that God brings good out of cross-carrying, out of burden-bearing, out of sacrificial love. So many of you bear witness to it. Friends, this Lenten season is an invitation to, to take up your cross afresh this day, to examine where we have become comfortable with uh, a watered-down Christianity that doesn't, doesn't require a cross to carry, where we've put up barriers to what God has called us to do and said that he has to do. Where have we said, no, there's, there's another way. What are the means of grace that you need to dive in into a veil that God might work in and through you to, to have hope for what might come even as you grieve what is left behind?
I understand, Peter, but I have hope for so much more. Would you pray with me? Holy and loving God, you know the pain of loss. You've experienced the fullness of human suffering. You've experienced even ridicule and death. You've seen friends die. And you've modeled cross-bearing. And then you asked us to do the same. Knowing full and well that on our own we, we have not the strength to bear out the cross or the endurance to carry it far. But through your spirit you have gifted us the ability to take it up and to follow wherever you might lead. So Lord pour out your spirit in abundance that we might be a people who boldly take up our cross and follow you wherever it might call us. Whether it uh, invites ridicule or suffering. Whether it uh, comes with great cost. Take us and lead us. Send us and go with us. Strengthen us and abide with us. We love you and we praise you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.